0: Siju Sada woke suddenly, as if from a nightmare. However, as he lay in the darkness, he realised that he could remember nothing of his dream. Nor had any noise or other intrusion disturbed him. Nevertheless, something had roused him from sleep. Siju reached for a thick robe, pulled it around his shoulders and padded over to the window. His gaunt fingers parted the bamboo slats, and he watched the pale colours of dawn washing over the sloping roofs and ordered pathways of the village. And yet, at the back of his mind, and at the pit of his stomach, the resting place of his soul, he felt a pressure, a sense of dread. He knew all was not well. Something was coming. Siju wanted to share his unease, but no one else was up. No one human, at any rate. For the gods never rested, and Siju knew just the place where he might express his concerns. Moments later, C.G. was ascending the mountainside, following the little track to the shrine. Over decades, the path had been worn down into the soil so that it was now surrounded by raised banks of grass. He wondered how many people had trod this route before him, what their reasons had been for following the twisted trail to the shrine, and what fate had eventually befallen them. The shrine, with its sloping roof and red doors and columns, emerged suddenly from the mist, edged by plum trees, thick with scented pink and white blossom. The shrine seemed to glow in the gathering light. Siju stepped past a pair of ox statues and was making his way through the large Torii gates when he heard voices, strange voices, brought to his ears by the gentle, fragranced breeze. Never been to Japan before, a woman's voice, young, brimming with optimism and humour. And they say I don't know how to show people a good time. A man's voice, there was an even tone to his words, and he sounded at first as young as his companion. But the more drew, listened, the more he wondered if the gentle smoothness of his voice was that of a pebble dropped into the sea, and polished and rounded by centuries of time and tide. Tokyo would have been nice, though, continued the woman. You know, a modern, a city with amenities... There was a pause in their footsteps. Was the man consulting a map? It's not called Tokyo yet, and it's miles away, and it's so not the capital. They started walking again, scattering stones and scree. Clearly, they weren't interested in stealth and subterfuge, and yet their accents, their very words, marked them out as outsiders. Siju had encountered traders and officials from the outlying provinces before, but none behaved like this. They weren't just outsiders. They were alien. Relatively speaking, medieval Japan is a paragon of sophistication, said the man. You'll be fine. Another pause. Distress signal's a bit weak, but the source is constant. Should be...